coming to you live from the beautiful rolling hills of the Eastern Townships. This is 88.9 CJMQ, The Cube. This is The Show. I am your host, Matt McRae, joined by a very special studio guest today, one Mr. Zachary Sivanos. I'm back. Good to have you back. It's great having you back. So here we are. It's uh, it's holiday time, the dog days of summer. And it is. So, uh... I mean, I'm probably on a yacht in uh, so. in, in the Mediterranean yeah. somewhere. So this is like a pre-recorded vacation episode. And yet you said it was live off the top. Ish. Oh, okay. I keep... mean, we are live here together That's, now. I'm alive. You're alive. Ah, ish. Something to celebrate. You got to catch the ish there. <laughs> Sneaky. So today's episode, we're going to do a top 10 list of the best sports movies of all time. Our best sports, favorite sports movies of all time. And the top 10 sports documentaries. But before we get to that. Mr. Vanoss, mm-hmm. what is the last great movie that you have seen? Whoa. Hmm. You didn't prepare me for this. Hmm. Uh, what's the last great movie? Like new movie? New movie. Or documentary. I'll accept documentary as well because, I mean, we're doing both today. I'm trying to think if I've seen anything. I feel like... You know what? I saw Midsommar. Uh, and I'm... that movie is abs- like absurd. Um but I, it's been a long time since I went to the theater and went on that kind of ride and couldn't shake the movie afterward. I don't know. I, I don't even know if it's good, great, bad. It's definitely not bad. Um, and so that and that was a really fun summer watch, I gotta say. But they got jokes in there too, oh, right? Oh yeah, like it's, it's really funny. And some of the scenes that are like horrific are also quite funny. It's it's really interesting. It's I've never quite seen anything like it. So it's like a Jordan Peele movie, but like... Yes, Even exactly. More tilted? You know what? I actually find I forget the director's name now. Um, he's also the guy who did Hereditary, but he after now that he's got two movies in the can, he feels to me like horrors Wes Anderson. He mm. likes to build these very distinct aesthetics and then play within them. Except you know, in a Wes Anderson movie, nobody's head gets blown up, kind of deal. Right. Not yet. That's hard to do. The mix of, of scare and laugh together yeah. in it is as a mix, it can go south very easily. So, it, and I think even the laughs, some people like. Was that funny? I'm like, I found that funny, but mm-hmm. some people may not have. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to say the the Ted Bundy confession tapes oh, documentary. I haven't, I haven't seen that deep dive on that. That is just wow. I didn't. I knew what I thought was the whole story, and that was like a quarter of the story. Also, the Zac Efron movie, Shockingly Vile and Extremely Wicked, Some, like I think that. it's called. I watched it. It was it was okay, but I feel that Bundy is like, it's too long of a story to be able to, to try to tell in two hours or less. Right. Like, from what they showed, I mean, it was missing out critical pieces of his life, how he, I mean, it showed how he escaped, but it, it just... It was okay. Zach Efron did an okay job, uh, but the documentary itself, the confession tapes of Ted Buddy, uh, Ted Buddy, Ted Buddy, you call Ted, him that? Oh, Ted Buddy, hey Buddy, hey, Ted Buddy. Very good. Worth the time. Worth the watch. It's not really sports related, but, but I think that, I think this does speak to what you're talking about and what we're going to be talking about on this show. Um, the difference between the one that's more documentary and the one that was performance mm-hmm. and, and semi-fiction, I suppose. Is, and you're going to see this as we talk about this. Like, it's really hard to make a sports movie now or tell the story of anything that happened in real life in with actors when the documentary world is so good now there's no reason to not just go that way when you're trying to tell a true story now i i it, i don't think there's much that is served by that the fictionalization of real life now unless you're doing you know quentin tarantino didn't change the story that's right but he had a little bit bigger budget than most people oh, would yeah? have going in to do that just <laughs> just a little bit a second question before we get started what's the last great concert that you attended 
You're a, a music great concert. Great, oh, great concert. This is this is a this is a tough grade. I've seen a few shows this year. Um, but the last concert I walked away from absolutely floored. Saw Janelle Monae late last year, I think, or maybe it was early this year, whenever that was. And coming out of that, I was like, I'll follow her into battle. Really? Yeah. And like it's a, just a show. She was ready to put on a show. And being in Toronto, I mean, you've got your your pick of artists yeah, to go and I, see. Nobody. That's my favorite thing about living in this city. I got to say, there's nobody who uh, doesn't come through there. And uh, I need to ask you. I'm not much of a music guy. You know this. The Arkells. They're like a big deal. They put on a show. Yeah, they're not for me, but I've seen them in quite a few festivals now. Yeah, uh, and yeah, they they know how to put on a show. They That's seem, a professional band. They seem to be Canada's number one band right now. Do you I, think I would, guess it be, so. would it be fair to say? I think that's fair. Yeah, and I think the drummers from around Lennoxville. I think really? uh, Mr. Oxford is. Uh, yeah, I, I did not. I did I, not know. I that. think there's a Lennoxville connection there. Uh, and with that, we are going to get started uh, right away with our top ten sports movies of all time. Woo. So at number ten, uh, I'm going to wait. Be... Can I jump in? My apologies here. You go. You go this ahead. Is, I just want to make sure everyone knows this is your list. The floor is yours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I, oh boy, you, you, I have some, I have some opinions. This is what you're here for. I know you are here to do this. So I just want, before we get into it, I don't want people thinking, "Oh, no. Zach, this is his list." No, this is Matt McRae, and the, some of the omissions are offensive. <laughs> you, I offended you. Uh, me and the filmmakers. Wow, wow. Uh, you know what? I'm just glad you're here. Because if I was just in here talking to myself yeah. and just talking to the microphone, I may just put these movies over as all the greatest movies of all time, yeah, just no. as canon. But you'd be making mistakes. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see what you think about number 10. Number 10, Rudy. It could go under sports documentary with just the accuracy <laughs> in which sure. this film depicts the small yet big-hearted young man going through the ranks of Notre Dame's football team. Joe Montana, full disclosure, was on that team in Notre Dame and says that it was completely fictional. Yeah, Rudy. it seems generally like it was. But look, Rudy Rudy belongs in the top ten. Thank you. That is not a mistake. Yes. Sean Astin, tremendous performance. Early Vince Vaughn. This is pre-Frodo. It's pre-Frodo. Pre-Samwise pre Samwise. Game. Come on, get it well, right. Well, same thing. They're a package No, Rudy, Rudy just, it's, you can't take it out of the top ten. I think it's just got its place there forever. Like many other movies that you somehow didn't put on this list. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. I love Rudy. Um, we got the the trailer here. We're gonna run it just so people can uh, just feel the underdog story. It's a true underdog story, the the ultimate underdog story. So I had to include Rudy. I had to. Um, After high school, I'm gonna play football at Notre Dame. Chasing a stupid dream causes nothing but you and everyone around you heartache. The problem with dreamers is they usually are not doers. Are you fully aware of the sacrifices you're going to have to make? It's the most beautiful campus in the world. Having dreams is what makes life tolerable. Notre Dame is for rich kids, smart kids, great athletes. It's not for us. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to go to school here. And ever since I was a kid, Everybody said it couldn't be done. I always listened to them, believe what they said. I don't want to do that anymore. Hey, kid! Not supposed to be here. Not everyone is meant to go to college. I need your help. Why should I help? I just want to be a part of this university. You're nuts. Yeah, a lot of people have been telling me that lately. 
sometimes a winner is a dreamer who just won't quit. Are you guys? My son's going to Notre Dame. I'm here to play football for the Irish. God would put your heart in some of my players' bodies. You're five feet nothing. A hundred and nothing. And you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. A true story. From the creators of Hoosiers. You ready, Jack? I've been ready for this my whole life. Number nine. We're going to j- just jump away. Keep keep it rolling. Okay. I got Moneyball in at number nine. Brad Pitt. Thoughts, feelings, emotions? I don't know where I would put Moneyball. Personally, it probably wouldn't make my top ten. But here, I've, I've changed my tune on Moneyball since it came out. Because when it came out, the thing I had thought about it was, this is inaccurate. They failed to they, they mention... They had the three best pitchers in baseball. They failed to mention the MVP nominee. Like, there was a whole team there that they ignored. But going back to it, not as a baseball... Well, I'm still a baseball fan, but removing that part that, like, needed it to be accurate to the baseball story, I thought it's a really well-done movie about something that should be boring. That And it was something that started an entire revolution in baseball. Theo Epstein and the Red Sox stole that model and they adapted success. And then once everybody saw it happen for a major yeah. franchise like the Red Sox and actually bringing a World Series title. And I mean, Brad Pitt, you you, you got Jonah Hill in there. I mean, sabermetrics, it was, I, I found it was was very interesting. Again, they, they did omit, I mean, some three quarters of the roster it wasn't just scott hattieberg no it was scott hattieberg was a minor role on that team that's fine but again uh yeah i had to put it on the list just uh, something a little different you'll you'll see a theme in here but i mean moneyball I and mean, it oscar nominee was it was it, it was yeah i think, I think it, it did was. pretty well with the academy i don't yeah. know jonah, jonah hill might have got a nomination I there think he, jonah hill did because yeah. he's been nominated a couple times but uh yeah the oakland a's just a ragtag bunch of misfits with scotty hattieberg that almost went the entire way Almost. Number eight, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. You've worked on a movie with one Mr. Mickey Rourke, right? Yeah. Did you discuss The Wrestler? <laughs> we didn't discuss anything. I don't believe I was permitted to talk to Mickey Rourke. M- Mr. Ram Jam, he didn't give you like one of the... No, this, we, the movie I was working on with him uh, was the one I... The reason I left CGMQ was to go to Montreal and work on this movie called Immortals that he was in. Mm. And... Uh, it was right after The Wrestler, so he had some heat, and we learned a lot on that movie that his body double, who I did get to talk to quite a bit, uh, did most of the performances, the physical stuff in The Wrestler. Mickey Rourke, incredibly difficult to deal with. And you can see that, because this this was his return to the limelight, and immediately he was gone again. And That's having true. been with him immediately after that, you could tell why. It was just like, he was impossible. Wasn't he a bad guy in a Spider-Man movie? Like a little bit. That was his other flash in the pan afterwards, after that. But Wrestler, great movie. Very sad. Very sad. His performance in that movie is great. And, uh, I mean, that's really true. I mean, you you look at the life of some of these former wrestlers. I mean, they're dropping like flies, and you see all these sad YouTube clips where they're just uh, drunk and showing up at these events. And it really, really happens. So uh, I love The Wrestler, so I figured I'd give it some love on there. Speaking of love, I really love this movie. Loved the sequel, 
At number seven, I got Creed with Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. All right. Here's my issue with this. Don't you stay Stallone. Which is, no. You've got, I guess I'm spoiling some of the list here, but you don't have Rocky. No. But you've got Creed. Yes. Rocky, the movie, the sports movie that gave us the formula for every sports movie to ever come. You don't even need to feel good about Rocky to put it on this list. But you got Creed. It's not super rewatchable, though. Rocky itself. Oh, I didn't. Is that, is that our measure here? Rewatchability? You watch no. firing up the wrestler on a Tuesday no. night? No. Well, really good. <laughs> that's an excellent point. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just really liked it, and uh, I couldn't show any love to the original right. Rocky. I just think it's dated. I have, I have trouble with some of those older movies. Okay. I mean, and you watch other movies too. I mean, there's just they date themselves. Not to say that Rocky isn't a great movie. I just think that uh, Michael B. Jordan did an amazing job. Great. Stallone was nominated. He finally got some love uh, as well. Maybe it was only Golden Globes. I don't know if he'd got an Oscar. He didn't get the Oscar. He got the nom. Everyone thought he was going to get that Oscar. Yeah, he didn't. So shout out to Stallone. The sequel was good. I mean, Drago's son. I mean, the sequel was a step down, though. It was, but I mean, how many Rockies did they? They made like Rocky. I mean, talk about stepping down. Rocky thirteen. I mean, so Creed did breed life back into Rocky. Tessa Thompson. I'm never going to argue with Tessa Thompson being in, even though her Philly accent is atrocious. Oh, very bad. Very bad. I mean, that the scene with the four-wheelers, come on. That's fantastic stuff. It's a good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Deserves to be on the list? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. Oh, here's a good one. A Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Mr. Denzel Washington, Ray Allen as Jesus Shuttleworth. Shuttlesworth. Yeah. We got a trailer. I'm going to, we'll air the trailer right now for everybody. We out the projects, baby. Where we gonna live at, son? Central Park West somewhere? What you gonna buy your mom, son? House. Come on. A big house. It's the will of the man. It ain't the skill of the man. Don't be afraid of nobody. Take it. Take Go it. strong, baby. Like nobody's better yes. than you. You have a son named Jesus Shuttlesworth? And is your son considered the number one high school prospect in these United States? He's awesome, baby, with a capital A. Governor's made a request that your son seriously consider enrolling in his alma mater, big state. The governor's given me his word. He'll do everything in his power to cut your time here short. The NC2A deadline is one week away. Two parole officers will be assigned to you. Yeah, I guess I better get working now, huh? Yeah, little son. What did I tell you about that stranger in the house? He's not a stranger. He's our father. I don't have a father. Look, I need to talk to you. You'll see me around. The man escaped just like Shawshank. Why beat around the bush? We love you. It's $10,000. I don't need that money, Cody. You can look like Buddy Hackett and drive down the street with this and have 40 girls chasing you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I want you to go to Big State, son. You find it in your heart to go to Big State, they may let me out on an early parole. I got that, uh... Arthritis thing. My brother's got the same arthritic condition. It's going around here in Coney Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's contagious. But Why I, the hell did you name me Jesus anyway? What type of name is that? Jesus, Jesus. Biblical name. No kidding. I pray that you understand why I put you. I was the one who put the ball in your crib. I ain't no baby no more. Dear Lord, deliver Jesus to us. People make mistakes. People veer off the path. So what? God forgives them. When will you? Never. Cool. I bet he can finally beat you. One-on-one. And this will be the most important decision in your life. Don't blow it. And we're back. That's a good one. Right? Pretty good. And uh, what thoughts? Spike Lee, Denzel. He he got game. I was the first time in my life I had 
any romanticism towards basketball. Like it, it I thought it was it really I didn't I wasn't a basketball fan really it, at all prior to that movie. Did it come out before Space Jam? <laughs> to me that's a Looney Tunes vehicle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. So basketball movie. Denzel turned down the role of Bugs Bunny in Space I, Jam. I heard that. Fun I fact. did hear that. Uh, <laughs> imagine that. That's so great. What's up, Doc? Did you hear the story from this film? They've I've heard a couple of podcasts with Denzel and Spike, and they both tell this yeah. story. Playing the one-on-one game that Denzel just didn't play basketball against Ray Allen at all. Right until that final scene, Ray Allen was supposed to win 10-0. to yeah. And Denzel really came out and scored was the first four points. Hit him with a lefty crossover <laughs> in his face. And Ray Allen is actually getting pissed. You can see, you yeah. think he's acting. He's no, looking Ray over Allen at Spike act. Lee. Actually, exactly. That's the best acting he did in the whole movie. And they basically punked him into it. Yeah. And then the wheels fell off and he ended up doing it, but it worked out, made for a much better scene. His acting was suspect uh, in that, but Denzel okay. Denzel carried him anyways. I mean, that's what he was there for. And Ray Elm was up against a bunch of uh, NBA players for that role. Yeah. It wasn't just him. He actually had to audition and go through. I'm up for a sequel. There's still potential I talk know. for a sequel. I mean, they can do it, especially you give uh, Jesus Shuttleworth Jr. a shot and he's coming up into the ranks. Was it she Got Game? Oh, that's like the Karate Kid scenario. Didn't they do that? Probably. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> tough. It's tough a tough beat. call. <laughs> Speaking of tough beats, number five, Tom Cruise starring in Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Oh, was, is, that, is that from that? That was the line. No one mentions it. The line. I think I said that three times just this morning. I was making breakfast. Toast pops up. Show me the money. Jerry Maguire. Aged very well. I watched it just the it other day. Well, Every yeah. time that it's on, I watch it. I mean, it. there's nitpicks just with like timeline and stuff of the movie that you can do, and it's that happens with a movie that you see so many times. Like now, I watch them like the end of the movie. Like, how does this timeline work out at all? But who cares? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy Jerry Maguire. I think I'd probably put it in top ten. I, it it cast a light on a side of sports that we never thought about before. That's that. exactly and why I put it on you here, here. The agent is. Did Jerry Maguire as a movie help propel the agent in status? I think I think it I did. I think there had to be something from that. Drew Rosenhaus profited very much so from the existence of this movie. It, it kind of romanticized the sports yeah. agent, right? Even uh, made Bob, a hero. Bob Shug, you know, the 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 character in the restaurant just firing him right yeah. there. Like he played the ultimate like bad guy. And quietly a romantic comedy. A lot of people forget that. Secret Garden? Is that the... Oh, yeah. That's it. I want everybody to see you for what you are. The best kept secret in the NFL. You are the man. You ready? Yep. Let's go. My name is Jerry Maguire. I'm a sports agent. You could say I'm at the top of my game, but something just isn't right. Jerry Maguire! What can I do for you, Rod? Show me the money. Can you sign my card? Sorry, little fella. I can't sign this brand of card. Only Pro Jam Blue Dot cards. And lately, it's getting worse. Came here to let you go. Pardon me? I came here to fire you, Jerry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what you all think I'm gonna do, which is just flip out! Who's coming with me? Who is coming with me? I will go with you. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. Stick my leg we're going to be okay because I am going to take my one client and we are going to go all the way. Help me, Rod. Help me help you. Help me help you. You 
are hanging on by a very thin thread. <laughs> and I dig that about you. You want to go out to dinner? Some dudes might have the coin, but they'll never have the quan. Quan? It means love. Wish me luck. Ah! Whoa, hey. That is the first time I have ever seen him kiss a man just like a dad. Don't What's cry at the beginning of a date. Yeah, just cry okay. at the end like I do. She'll let you in her house If you come knocking late at night She'll let you in her mouth If the words you say are right If you pay the price She'll let you deep in I mean, really, talk. But no one wants to listen to me. You know that feeling? You, you know that feeling? I love that they would play that on the radio. This was back when they played... When a, There was a moment in, I guess it was the late mid-90s, when if a soundtrack had a song on it, you would include clips from the movie in it. Yes. So we would, you had her speech like playing within the Springsteen that, song. Back when MTV played music videos? I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And, that, and uh, again, 100%, you hit the, hit the nail on the head with the hammer. There we go. Thanks. Uh, sports agents, uh, that is exactly why I put it on there. I knew very little about it, and uh, it was super interesting. Yeah. And like you said, it propelled them into uh, superstardom. Speaking of getting propelled into superstardom, it go. brings us to number four. This one's definitely right. Charlie Sheen, Corbin Burnson, Tom Berenger, Major League. It's a great movie. I watch it every time. Every time it comes across TV, watch it. Sometimes I'm feeling glum. I just throw on the old Wild Thing song and watch Charlie Sheen come into that stadium at the end. I think people might think, listen to this, like we're having some fun putting Major League on this. It deserves to be here. Major League is an incredible sports movie. Amazing. It, it has the fans. It's got the ownership. You get in there with the clubhouse with the players. It moves along nicely. It's really funny. The story's kind of interesting. I mean, it's old, so you know there's a bit of the stalkerish stuff that was seen as romantic back then you can cut behringer the, the whole jake you taylor really storyline out of that and give us more wild thing yes you, i would have rather hung out with the rest of the characters the whole time and not had him at all but it's it's a great sports movie no matter when you jump into it it's really fun to watch i still quote it when anyone hits a massive home run i claim it's too high <laughs> it, it's one of the best base not not only sports movies baseball movies 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 uh fun facts that i learned my internet research Ooh. charlie sheen took steroids in, I knew that. in order to b pump up his fastball which reached mid to low 80s well sheen could actually like that's the biggest problem with baseball movies more than anything Bull else. durham robbins like, they just don't look baseball's a weird sport for people who have never played it to play and look like professionals costner and could do it costner could sheen and sheen could do it and you don't list. see a lot of people who could pull it off what about Tom Selleck and Mr. Baseball? I'm going to go no. No, but the mustache no, I, was, was believable. I mean, straight off Buckner's face and on Tom Selleck. why we believe him in any role. <laughs> Harry Doyle here welcoming all of you to another season of Indians Baseball. Here's a list of the players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you in our spring camp. 
Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Voodoo. Say hey! Willie Mays Hayes here. Play like Mays, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. Don't you have any proven major league talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. <clears throat> you want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering, just a bit outside. They're masters of the sacrifice. He's looking to sacrifice a live chicken. One old chicken, just like you said. The double play. Excuse me. I have a much better body than she does. Thank you for me, she really does. And the pickoff. Every time we win, we peel a section. Tom Berenger. Zipper on your skirt stuck. Use your imagination. Charlie Sheen. These things make me look ridiculous. Seeing's the most important thing, son. I don't think it's that important. Corbin Burnson. And Bob Euchre. Hey, with swings and crushes one towards South America. Major League. That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Name one. Yellowstone. <laughs> Amazing. So shout out to Major League. It just had an anniversary. I heard a suggestion the other day. You know they do that MasterCard commercial? Yes. Why don't they bring that commercial back? Oh, yeah. And do like a whole retro thing with the Indians. Credit cards and baseball have gone hand in hand forever. That's so easy to do. Yeah. They should totally do that. Do it. At number three. Hockey movie, I couldn't choose between the two, so I literally put a slash here. They're sharing the number three spot. We got Goon and Slapshot. Yeah. I mean, arguably Slapshot is was the, iconic. the the iconic one, and Goon is in existence because of Slapshot. That's Montreal native yeah. Jay Burichel. That's pretty much his ode to Slapshot. Uh, but Goon just is Goon's a really good super movie. good movie. Yeah. Sequel, not so much. Uh, yeah. It's watchable. But the first one really surprised me, and it, I think it's good enough to put on this list. If we're in the Canadianity, I mean, it's yeah. a hockey movie, so in the States, it's not going to do as well as uh, any of the other major sports movies. But the premise was good. Can I admit something? Doug the Thug. Is this a safe space? Yeah, tree of trust. We're in the trust tree. <laughs> I thought we were in the... Um, <laughs> last episode was the Will Ferrell talk. Uh, I don't really like Slapshot. No? I think it's kind of what you were talking about with Rocky. It's just like out of age. And I was just like, it doesn't work. It didn't, it doesn't age very well. No. It's very crude. I know as it's well. a good movie. Like, there's, I still, there's lines in it I laugh at. And the Hanson brothers. Yeah, it's this classic Nate, but I'm, I don't really consider myself much of a Slapshot fan. You brought your toys with you on the road? Yeah, coach. <laughs> we're on the road. Like, there's some, there, no, there's some spots. I've also heard it's iconic. Some people argue that Slapshot is better in French. So just that's a Quebecer take okay. right there. If you watch it in French, the swear words, and I think because sometimes movies get translated in France and yeah. other times they get translated here, this one definitely was translated here. And uh, just the creativity in the uh, expletives. Maybe I'll have to give that a shot. Maybe give it a listen. Uh, Maybe slap shot. Yeah, Paul Newman. I mean, player coach. The premise is there. It uh, is. That might be a new remake for a Netflix series. 
do you like a what? slap that's shot. That's not bad. Right? That's not bad. With a 10, just like 10 episodes, 9 to 10 episodes. Yeah. Everyone loves a ragtag, but we were talking earlier, a montage. Oh. I mean, that is just ripe for a montage yep, right in. there. I'll watch that. Because I don't like, I guess also because I don't love slap shot, so I'm okay with us revisiting it. Right. Yeah. Beauty. Number two. Speaking of Kevin Costner, yeah. Tin Cup. Okay. This is crazy. What? A, way high, even if you feel, even if you like Tin Cup. And B, th- I don't even know if this makes Kevin Costner's top five sports movies. Oh, better than Bull Durham. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and not better than Field of Dreams. Oh, whoa. I did forget you Field did of Dreams. Forget. I've got whoa. A much better. Oh, 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 oh. And I was just talking Field of Dreams in the last episode because the Yankees yeah. are going to play in the fields of Iowa against the White Sox. Oh, yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. And it, I believe the show opened with James Earl Jones giving a speech from Field of Dreams, mm. and I omitted it and from my list. It. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. If I could switch Tin Cup for Field of well, Dreams. You can. It's your show. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> you did it. This is what you listen to live ish radio for, people. Just. Ooh. Changing lives. Executive decisions. Not all heroes wear capes, Zach Vanoss. You saved me there from just embarrassment on the airwaves. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. But yeah, feel the dreams. If you build it, they will come. Okay, but make your tin cup argument. It's just a great movie. <laughs> um, the scene. Who plays the bad guy in that? He was used to be in Miami Vice. Um, wow. Don Johnson. Oh, is that who it yeah, is? Yeah, it is. And they have a bet, and it's a long drive, and then, you know, Costner goes to hit a shot, and then he turns and he hits his ball down the road, and it skips. Also, not even the best golf movie, by the way. Well, the best golf movie is coming right up. No, it's not. Well, it is. We'll debate it. The Legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith. You got all your favorites. Will Smith, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Will Smith is God. Theron, I sort think. of, I think. I'm not sure I had to Google it. <laughs> Okay, drum roll, we have a trailer. Should I play the trailer first? Do it. Let's play the trailer, and uh, maybe you'll know by the era, just the, 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 the trailer. Here we go. For 400 years, golf has been a gentleman's game, a game of tradition, etiquette, and above all, sportsmanship, until now. Y'all ready for this? Yeah! Meet Happy Gilmore. He was a hockey player. That's my puck, baby! Don't you ever touch my puck! Who was skating on thin ice. But when his grandma needed his help... Mrs. Gilmore owes the IRS $270,000. We're going to have to sell the house to someone else. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. He discovered a new talent. It's like 400 yards away. That's unbelievable. Now, he's going from the links. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. To the links. Hey, where are you going with those clubs, punk? I'm your caddy. He's going to be on the tour. That's that's super. He's got the swing. He's got the drive. He shoots, he scores! He's got the but I'm all right. Quite a large and economically diverse crowd here at the Invitational. I guess it's the new tour sensation, Happy Gilmore. Hey, if I saw myself in clothes like those, I'd have to kick my... And while he's trying to keep Granny out of the rest home... I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. He's driving the game of golf. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Straight into the ground. Damn you people, this is golf! I'm Bob Barker. Looks like you and I are going to be playing together today. This guy sucks. All right, let's go. 
Universal Pictures presents Adam Sandler. The price is wrong, Pop. As golf's missing link, Happy Gilmore. And we're back. The bounce chicka bong bong. Look, I knew you were going to put this number one. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Comes on CBC all the time, or at least it used to. I watch it every time, even without the swears, with the bad editing. Um, it's just the bad editing is really funny. Actually, it makes it. It kind of makes it like better. If, yeah, there's a there's. If you've seen the original, guns the bad don't, editing's great. Guns don't kill people. I kill people. <laughs> Mister, Mister. Look, Happy Gilmore is great, but it's not even the best golf movie. Caddyshack's the best golf movie. Oh no! I can't stand Chevy Chase. He literally ruins everything that I try to watch with him in it. Interesting. Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, can't do either of them. Wow. Really weird, eh? Like, I don't like Chevy Chase now, but... And Steve Martin, I still enjoy. Yeah. Interesting. I can do Dana Carvey, love Bill Murray, obviously, but uh, those guys from that generation, Chevy Chase in particularly, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the only Chevy Chase movie I can watch. And, I mean... (laughs) That's just a classic. Here's here's what I'll give you for getting this at number one. It's the only movie on this list that includes three sports. You got your hockey references, you got your golf references, and you got your Bob Barker boxing. That was uh, that was intentional. I knew it. I intentionally did that. You're, so maybe I'll give it to you. Ben Stiller is in it. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. It's out. a good movie. I'm not here to argue against Happy Gilmore. Check out the name tag. Sandler doesn't make movies like this anymore, and it's too bad. That whole Jennifer Aniston murder mystery. I mean, oh. his Netflix stuff is wow. Apparently, people watch it. I'm not one of them. Netflix doesn't release the numbers. There no, may be a re- there may be a reason to that. Same with my podcast <laughs> for the same reasons. <laughs> so that's it. So Caddyshack, you would replace. Well, Happy here, here, here's here's my list of your omissions. Okay. Okay? My list my list is on the table. Yeah, you missed out on what I if I was doing a personal list, uh, the Sandlot. Oh, it was on there. Okay, and the Sandlot actually got bumped by Jerry Maguire. It was in there at five, just and then it was. I was kind of all over my child, you know, baseball heavy with Moneyball and the other one. But I love the Sandlot. Question: mm-hmm. Is baseball the best sport to do to turn into movies? You're killing me, Smalls. I think I think boxing. baseball's the best. Oh yeah, boxing because boxing is actually a better movie sport than it is a sport almost that, now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, I watch more boxing movies than I watch actual boxing. So on that, you left out Raging Bull. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, excuse me to get Creed in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, De Niro. That's old De Niro. I, can't, I don't do old movies. I mean, apparently not. Not not unless it's you, half you know, a slap. My shot. my idea of an old movie yeah, is Happy Gilmore. You know, <laughs> slap shot is it's an antique on my list, but yeah, up there with He Got Game. White man can't jump. Ooh, we go in Sizzla. That was a big omission. But I heard about Wesley Snipes' inability to play basketball. Yeah, he's a terrible athlete considering how many times he's played an athlete. Back in Major League, they couldn't have any scenes. You notice there's no scene of him catching the ball or running at full speed. They had to speed up his running. Yeah. And the basket catch was probably just how he went to catch it. Uh, he was a played a ball player again in The Fan, speaking of De Niro. Mm-hmm. Not a great movie in hindsight. I enjoyed it at the time. But he played an athlete a lot. And I, I guess he just is terrible at it. Terrible. What else I got here? Rocky we talked about. Field of Dreams we talked about. Hoosiers. I'm not a big Hoosiers guy, mm-hmm. but people always cite Hoosiers. Gene Hackman, right? That's Gene I, Hackman as yeah. the coach yeah, at all time. Um, what else are we missing here? Uh, oh, League of Their Own. That, yeah, No Crying in Baseball, Tom Hanks, one. Gina and Davis. That is a great movie. You're that a is... curler. Men with brooms? 
I read the book. The book was better. <laughs> there was a book? There was a book. I didn't know that. The book was better. Paul Gross was fantastic. Uh, Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Liam Neeson, but I've got a particular <laughs> set of skills. Yeah, sweeping and, and cur- throwing the rock. Curling is the, are those skills. <laughs> now that's a movie we could make. <laughs> and Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and finally, Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. Mm. Emilio Estevez. I think I would have had Mighty Ducks. I'd be like, Emilio! That's a good hockey movie. I don't know. The, the only one I was really offended, you didn't have Field of Dreams, you didn't have Rocky, and Raging Bull. Those three I definitely yeah. would have had on. So I was missing some, some historical content, some of the, the, the older kind of retros. Yeah, I, I, I agree with your point on, on no, not putting, <laughs> putting Creed on there instead of Rocky. That was, that was weak sauce, but I guess Michael B. Jordan... Uh, since Friday Night Lights, he's he's just here's what I'll give you. Actually, Friday Night Lights, there's a movie. That's a yeah, but the TV show is better. TV show was better. Any given Sunday, does that hold up for you? I love that movie. It, I love that movie. Uh, Oliver, like the last good Oliver Stone movie. Almost. Jamie Foxx as Steaming Willie Beeman. Yeah, yeah, no, that of, was a great movie. A lot of male nudity. LT. <laughs> that's what you're looking for. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's Al Pacino in a very Al Pacino role, but it's a good one. We're gonna crawl for every inch. And, I and thought, those fingernails. Usually, I find it distracting when it's not the leagues, like real for real. But I didn't. I thought they did kind of a decent job with a faux NFL. In that's very distracting for me. I dislike that it was the Sharks, it's and they don't pay to have the rights. No. Well, the NFL was never gonna attach themselves to that no. back then. No, I agree. Probably still. But still, it it, it kind of ruined it for me as well. Right. So that wraps up our sports movies nice we're gonna have a brief musical interlude and around on the other side of the hour we're gonna do sports docs i have less complaints about your docs list nice this is the show
we got to hang around adults, which was a nice change of pace. You know, you, you converse, you talk to people, and they have interesting stories. I talked to a man who claimed he had climbed five mountains in his life. Welcome back to the show. We're on the second half of the hour. We're done our sports, best sports movies of all time. We're going to get into best sports documentaries of all time. All right, all right. Are you ready to go, Mr. Vanoss? Oh, born ready. Nice. Well, we won't delay anymore. Number 10, Team Foxcatcher. This is the documentary. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell actually uh, played DuPont in the movie. Uh, Mark Ruffalo. They knew, Robbie! They <laughs> knew! <laughs> Uh, just a crazy story. Yeah, it, it's the, nuts. And keeping, uh, you'll see a theme here. There's not a lot of sports documentaries about like uh, hockey, baseball, NBA. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit in there, but I tried to be a little yeah. different with different sports and different looks at it. And this obviously is a Olympic wrestling, uh, Dave Schultz and his story of the DuPont family. And it just, I'm not, not, no spoilers. That's the thing. No, it's one of those. And there's a few on this list that I think are interesting in that regard. Um, and I think it's because they're from these like sort of BC sports where it doesn't go where I think the filmmaker thought it was going to go. Um, and the audience, if you don't know about it, like I didn't, you're just, you're like, what? That's what happens in these things. Um, and even sometimes the documentary influences the result. Uh, there was that HBO one, uh, the snitch, I'll find the name of it, but he actually ends up, he ends up, uh, confessing in the end, like they leave the room and he's like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then they get him and and ends up going and goes to prison for it. Um, so again, team, it was just super interesting. The twists and turns. Corell did a great job in the movie. If you see yeah. the footage of what He's this really guy was good. like, DuPont was a weirdo. I mean, to say he was eccentric is beyond, <laughs> yeah. um, but just a great, I was on the edge of my seat and I was like, was this really That's a, a thing? Yep. And it was because of the movie with Corell that, that introduced it to me. Number nine, Tython. Mike Tyson. That's a good impression. Thank you. I can't do him. Um, we were just talking about earlier, he, he, this ended up inspiring a one-man show that he did, and it was just basically Mike Tyson in front of a white screen, and then I think just with some pictures, and he was articulate as Mike Tyson can be, just kind of reviewing his past life. He lived a crazy life. I mean, he was the world's most dangerous man. Yeah. Um, I don't even think, I mean, this is pre-social media, so I mean... He was a bad guy as well. So, if, I mean, even if they found out half the stuff he did before, but Don King and the no, twists twist and, turn. and turns. And he was, he's a victim of a lot of circumstances it's many, in many ways. As many, he created a lot of victims. Like the, the Mike Tyson story is, is a messy one, but compelling. And, and this is a good example of it. Yeah. And too trusting. He trusted the wrong people. He did. He, he, I, you know, he... He didn't know a lot when he got into the thing. People took advantage of him. He was never really put in a position to be his own man very often. Um, but he could punch with such force that he was unstoppable. And Just a knockout machine. It's, it's, it is a ridiculous story. If you want to see Tyson that has no uh, connection to reality, check out that Netflix cartoon about Mike Tyson. I have not seen it that. Is, it's, it's a little different. It, it, <laughs> it, it's 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 not about his life. It's just an it's like called the Mike Tyson Adventure Mysteries, I think, or something. And it, he does the voice. He, he does the voice. Apparently, it, they just he, they wrote him a check. He just comes in and says whatever is in the script. He's not really that connected to it, but it stars him as him. Oh, well, as him in air quotes here. Right. Yeah. Well, his cameo in The Hangover still is the most legendary movie performance in Tyson's career. 
I can't disagree with that. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But if anybody gets a chance, great documentary. It's a little older. It's been out there a while. It's not... This wasn't really in the the, the, the Netflix yeah. hot docs. This came out a while ago. But a great story. Speaking of a great story, coming in at number eight, uh, Bill Simmons had a little bit to do with producing this, I think, and his gang at The Ringer, uh, titled Andre. It's the, incredible. The life story of Andre the Giant. This is in- incredible. I was on the edge of my seat. I got again. I mean, just learning about what he went through for travel, flying to Japan, or going around and just the life he lived, uh, drinking cases upon cases, cases of, wine. of wine. The injuries, he didn't see a doctor until like the last couple of years of his life, and he chose to keep the gigantism that he suffered because he identified himself, he, he, I am the giant. And to hear about how other guys that came into the company, Big John Studd, claiming to be the big guys, that he would go in and pull their hair and slap them and step on them and literally beat the crap out of them. Uh, And just an interesting story that he was a gentle giant. I mean, he had a really rough side. He did. Boss. Which I didn't know about. I I think I thought of him as gentler. Um, Mm. I think this, this... presented a real 360 view of Andre the Giant in its fullness, um, the complications with his family. But it's an incredible story of a literal giant coming out of the hills or the valleys in France. Uh, I had very little idea, and I'm not a a wrestling fan, but this spoke to me. And it spoke, and it introduced, I didn't understand wrestling. The the Mm. history of it, like even it takes you down that road in a really nice way. How the territories work. I had no idea of any of that stuff. Really interesting. And Vince McMahon Jr. and the national television really changed the entire landscape of wrestling. And how Andre was never the champion. I didn't know that. I just assumed he'd been multiple champions. And then Hogan, when Hogan's going through their big match at WrestleMania and the body slam. Yeah, no, just great. If anybody gets a chance, I think that's on Crave TV, HBO Canada. Um, That's available for streaming there. Uh, as is number seven is on there, and uh, this is critically acclaimed. I believe it won some won awards. Oscar OJ Made in America. I would have put it number one. Really? Yeah. I'm. Mean, it's tough on a sports because I mean, how much of this is a sports documentary? That's yeah. It, it's it, a, but what it does for the length. What is it? Six hours? Eight hours? Eight. I think it's four two. two it, yeah, something something like that. like that. It's eight to ten hours. It doesn't almost. feel like it. No, it's an it's an amazing watch. I mean, I was alive when I was ninety four. I was about ten years old. I remember the Bronco when it chase. happened. Like I remember the Bronco chase. I was watching Cliffhanger with Sly Stallone. Wow, paused it, was... it for someone to go to the washroom, and uh, suddenly OJ's driving down the highway. So did you you didn't find out what happened in Cliffhanger? Yes, Stallone makes it. Oh, and don't worry, John Lithgow didn't work out not well so for much, him. Not so great oh, for Lithgow. My money was on Lithgow. <laughs> but uh, this, yeah, this. I mean, this repaints the 90s in a way that I just, as somebody who was a kid at the time, had no real understanding of. Um, My lens at which I viewed the OJ trial at the time, not just because I was a kid, but I just, I didn't have the full picture. Mm. Everything that went on in that, it's an incredible documentary to make it that compelling for that long to present such a full picture while also getting in on the granular thing. And I really like the OJ um, the dramatization that they did with Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba, who was actually the worst part of that thing, why he was playing OJ too short, know. too he, short. He didn't have the he wasn't didn't have any of the OJ stuff. Everyone mm. else is great though, but this this they both came out kind of at the same time, mm. and this one uh, my mind was blown. By e- even Travolta as Shapiro, I thought he was great. Yeah, weird. He, was, he, he made some choices, but I liked it. He was, but this is amazing. But I mean Johnny Cochran, I mean Marsha Clark. Oh, when you God. find yeah. out what happened, oh, the Durden, poor Marsha. Oh man, and when she redid her hair, I felt for her. 
there when yeah. she did the hair and then you find out that behind the scenes it uh, it just really crushed her they dropped the ball a lot with the defense again i was in high school at the disaster. time i was in high school at the time when all this was going down and um and even the oj football stuff that they show at the beginning i, I mean when he won the heisman and and with buffalo and how he retired early to go in the monday night football booth i mean uh super super interesting it's just not- hurts rental car run oj run <laughs> <laughs> it's all just there. Just so good. The juice so, is loose. The juice is loose. So I went down to a Bills game this past season. And did you jump through a table? I did. I didn't. But you, people were. You survived the Bills mafia. I did it was it, it wasn't so Bills mafia. It was the the enthusiasm for the Bills is. I mean, they're still there. That's a, that's a start. Yeah. After the first four games but of the season, people are wearing Simpson jerseys around the place still, Oof. and they still have them in the Ring of Honor. Really? It's so weird. Only Buffalo, man. Only in Buffalo. Wow. Oh, that's moving on. Oh, that's tough. (laughs) Moving on. Number six, brand new documentary. It's a hot doc that's out there. Not sure if you've seen this yet. The story of Tony Bosch and uh, Screwball. I'm excited to see it. It's good. It's good. I learned things about Manny Ramirez that I didn't know. He was his first customer. Manny Ramirez was the reason once he had such success in Boston with what he was doing with Bosch, the reason he got caught when he was with the Dodgers, 100% was Manny's just not Manny taking being it. Manny Just Manny being Manny. You learn that he didn't like to sleep alone, so Tony Bosch had to go in and read him bedtime stories sometimes. And Manny was, I think Manny didn't get caught at first because he was such an eccentric character. Yeah, they he? just assumed Bosch was his dog walker, his physician. He could be anything. He, he Tony Bosch would read him stories at night. I mean, Manny was just weird. He and then his, He was his Alex Guerrero. Unbelievable! It, it's just, and then it's Bosch is just a sleaze ball, and he faked being a doctor. And you learn about Alex Rodriguez, and I stand by every single thing I said about Alex Rodriguez before. Me too. I haven't even if seen not this. more. Uh, I, I was talking about him in the booth. It was his birthday the other night, oh and they had J Lo come in with the kids and a cake, and they're singing. And I said, "Does everybody not remember Alex Rodriguez is a big stinky cheater? He cheated, lied, cheated, lied. He's not a likable person. They never meet your heroes because they'll break your heart." From the moment I remember, I wanted to be a baseball player. It was the American dream. I got kicked off the team for smoking weed. It was a disaster. My plan was go into medicine. The Belize School of Medical and Performing Arts. What is Florida about? It's about vanity and sex. It was a perfect place for the anti-aging movement. Especially down here in Miami, everyone's things now, now, now. There's almost no regulations. You'd have people who pretended to be doctors given all types of medical advice. He had a white lab coat that said Dr. Tony Bosch. He had a stethoscope around his neck. Yeah, I assumed he was a doctor. Manny was the first VIP client. Within weeks, his focus was much better. He felt a lot quicker. This guy says, yeah, my cousin's in the Yankees. It was A-Rod. He says, I want whatever Manny was taking. I had a true believer right away. You know, seven days after he started my program, he went ahead and in one game, he hit three home runs. And he said, I'll give you an extra 150 grand a year if you give me an exclusivity. I said, for 200, you got a deal. Listen, each home run costs money. At this time, Biogenesis had close to 300 athletes. We were consuming so much product, I had to go to the black market. Okay, I just stumbled across some kind of steroid ring. I didn't think I was going to get caught. I was busy going to parties. My cocaine bill was $6,000 a month. The biggest steroid scandal in sports history exploded over $4,000. Look, if I don't get my money, I'll blow this whole thing up. It was just an absolute clown show. Get rid of steroids now. This is my whole life, my legacy. You tell me why I should serve one inning. Tony Bosch is not a doctor. Tony Bosch is a drug dealer. Coke addict, bad son, bad father, bad brother, bad everything. What can you tell us about that? 
No helmet. He's lucky he's not in the canal anywhere. This guy's connected. A lot of people involved. Don't do this. You're going to get killed. So I got my 9mm. For every sleazy thing Major League Baseball did in trying to pay witnesses, threatening people to cooperate, A-Rod and his crew were doing almost the exact same thing. He pretty much can forget the Hall of Fame. It was almost like, hey, Mom, I made it to the big leagues, but in a different way, you know? <laughs> you can't make this up. Watch Screwball, and you're going to see how awful he, of a person Alex not, Rodriguez he's barely, is. He, like, the person he presents on TV is not Alex Rodriguez. No. It's a phony. The only thing I can say is I've heard him talking about like hitting and the actual fundamentals yeah. of hitting and wrist and matching it with your, your ankles and everything. He knows what he's talking about sure. with baseball. But I can't stand the guy. People, I don't know wh- how he's no. this media darling the revisionist, now. Revisionist history on him is... Uh, Anyway, so write this down. Screwball, you're going to... Well, I already wrote it down. There you go. <laughs> Check that out on Netflix. Like I said, I I don't, I don't, can't say that I like Manny less. And I knew Manny cheated, yeah. but I didn't know the extent to which Manny did it. And he was pretty—he was kind of a trailblazer in that, in that new era of cheating. Okay. Uh, and number five, another baseball movie uh, about Kurt Russell's father. Another one I haven't seen. I don't know if I can say the second word, the battered B words of baseball. Sure. Um... It's, again, super interesting. I had no idea that Kurt Russell grew up with his dad owning a AAA ball club. And they were basically out in Oregon, out on the West Coast somewhere. And it was all gimmick. They had, it was basically like the Springfield Isotopes, like Dancing Homer. They had like Broom Man and like Disco Night. And these were, it was like a ragtag bunch of guys that just all came together and um, just very interesting. I had no idea. Kurt Russell played for them for a while. Yeah, he's a good ball player. He's a, he's a great ball player and uh, I watched it a while ago so I don't, I can't really remember all the details but I remember it was amazing. I knew nothing about it. Sweet. I mean, we just did the great baseball movies. His son, Kurt Russell's son is an actor and was a ball player or is a hockey player actually, I think. No. Go- Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Yeah, Ru- yeah. I think it's a, maybe, but he's an athlete so he's in that movie uh, Everybody Wants Some. Oh, Which yeah. Been, like, there's not a lot of baseball in that movie, but there's a lot of hanging around like with a baseball player. It's a, that's a solid Richard Linkletter movie. That's a Linkletter movie. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put a top 10 or anything, but that's it's a really good like baseball, the, guys well, in college. This has that kind of yeah. feel, like ragtag, bunch of misfits. Like Russell, it was just super interesting. So again, I don't know if it's even that high up the list. Maybe I would have put it a little, little further down, but... Because it shocked me. If something teaches me something and I was like, I really had no idea that that was going on, then I kind of gave it some more points. I'll check that one out too. Number four, Momentum Generation. Did you see the Kelly Slater and his surf crew? Visually, this documentary is stunning. And just these crazy guys. the sound off. Yeah. The waves that these guys go up and they take is just insane. And everybody always says, oh, I'd be a pro surfer. You get to go and surf all the time. Good luck pretty cutthroat too when you see these guys in competition they're best friends and they're taking each other out like kelly slater wasn't a good dude there for a while he was taking down his his own boys we got a trailer for this i'm going to air this trailer so everyone can just have a listen you think if it was just waves crashing i wouldn't play it but no there's some insightful things here visually you won't you won't get it but listen to it and, and you'll see friendships relationships is winning giving up those things it didn't seem like we were making an impact at the time we were just a bunch of kids living the dream and traveling around the world 
I remember looking at Surfer Magazine. I said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a pro surfer someday. A lot of us come from broken homes, but over at Benji's house, you felt like you're with your family. That day, our crew was set in stone. We found a lot of those things that maybe we we're missing in family, in our group. We were all pushing each other beyond just going out and having fun. And here comes Todd. Todd Chester would surf any size, big wave. There was two things that were important to us. Getting a good section in Taylor's movies and making it on the world tour. The world tour used to be the top 44 surfers in the world competing through a series of events and only one guy is crowned world champion. We were working as a unit. It was a victory for all of us. Soon afterwards, a lot of us started going our own ways. Being a pro surfer was a reality. There was tensions from competing on the world tour against each other. Kelly did some small things that upset Rob. You just feel the tension building up. The public knows Rob as being a cruisy, mellow, stylish guy. Yeah, yeah, not when we were growing up. People were just trying to take care of themselves. Kelly paved the way as he was crossing over into the mainstream media. It was a change to it all getting serious. Kelly's always been the one that was crawling into his own shell, but he was the one that created this wonderful thing where we all keep in touch daily. It brought us back to being kids again. And we are back. So that was Momentum Generation. And it's just a good story uh, as well. Just these guys down in, I think it was, it must be Hawaii, right? That's like the big. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're surfing down in Hawaii. Anyways, check that one out. It's fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, number three, Iron Cowboy, 50-50-50. I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen no. this one? This is fairly new as well. Guys from Calgary. Takes part in, uh, he does triathlons. He did 30 okay. triathlons in a year. Still, he wanted to do more. So he came up with this idea of doing 50 triathlons in 50 states. So I was just talking about him the other day, but I haven't seen the movie. In 50 states and uh, 50 days. So no breaks. And he starts in Hawaii, then goes to Alaska just to get the logistics out of that because sure. he didn't want to do 48 and then commercial airwaves. Yeah, exactly. Um, that it, and it's just the will that this guy has. The first eight days, he I'm not gonna again, no spoilers. But you're a runner now, right? I am a runner See, now. This is this is an appeal to me that I do not understand. It seems like you just uh, make your body suffer, and that's fun. It is fun. Okay, it is fun. You push, you take it to the limit, Zach. I'm not a limit guy. In the words of Forrest Gump, I just felt like running. <laughs> But, I mean, he does it for charity. He gets criticized, and it's it's a newer uh, movie. It happened in 2016, so you see Twitter. Yeah. They were following him and monitoring him. Then they start criticizing him because he gets an IV eight or nine days oh, into that's it. considered. Well, it, it was against anti-doping for triathlons, but they later go on to reconsider it and say, no, it's fine. I mean, if you're doing one triathlon, you can't take an yeah, IV before. You're doing 50 in 50 days. Your body needs it. Need and, I mean, sleep... Uh, deprived he i mean four to five hours a Just night he was sleeping that he's on. and he starts and he starts falling asleep on the bike and then he starts getting banged up he runs into a hurricane so he tries he does some like swim work when he can't go outside in a pool and then with his injuries he did some on an elliptical and then he people went crazy on him on top of that saying he's a cheater i mean come on you really like, be cheating at something you invented exactly <laughs> like you're the one setting whatever it, it is exactly and it's for charity he made this up this premise yeah. that he's doing 
I mean, insanity and just the, the will. I felt empty. I hadn't found my physical and mental limits. It, it just came into my head, 50, 50, 50. 50 Ironmans, 50 states in just 50 days. Meets the Iron Cowboy. And he's very tired, but you are fighting through it. They say he once wore a cowboy hat in the crowd of athletes, and the name stuck. It seemed pretty much impossible. Comical, yeah, terrifying. I he said, will you coach me? And I said, I don't think you can do it. This guy thinks there's a chance. It's crazy. The first few days were really chaotic. They had forgotten my shoes. So everybody wore like these smaller shoes. Hey, I'll wear that hat. Last about 10, you're good. Past 48 hours. And then two Ironmans and five hours of sleep. Then I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, God. So I don't really think he's good. 10. James says he can't feel his legs. He'd sit down, he was asleep. It was so crazy to watch. One, two, snoring. You do one, two, three snoring on a bike, you crash. And all of a sudden he's like, I can't do this. I stopped chasing society's dream. And I went after my dreams. This is what we as human beings can actually do. Whatever trial you're having, it's hard. There's a finish line to all of this. You've just got to get through today. It's awesome. Fight. We'll be there with your bike waiting for you like we always are. Always. Don't let me waiting too long. Iron the Cowboy. take is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and impressed. it's... I'll check it out. Riveting. Just riveting. You watch it and you're like, there's no way this guy can do it. And uh, his... Just one last thing. The two little like wild card is little helpers that go along with them. Hilarious. All right. They're great dudes. Where do I watch this one? Netflix. Okay. And number two. Yeah. We got two here. It's another slash. On the first list, Goon and Slapshot shared a spot. I have the Don Wall and Free Solo sharing uh, a spot. I'd give it to just Free Solo. This And that's a movie, man. To see... Like the like momentum generation, which I didn't see on big screen. If you can see it on big screen, mm-hmm. spectacular. That's uh, the story of uh, free soloing up El Capitan. Yeah, that's the uh, the rock face in California, known as one of the for free climbing. I guess so. it's the most uh, extreme rock face with the least amount of climbable paths. I I'm, guess we're I'm talking. About, I don't understand this marathon running. I do not understand this. No. <laughs> I don't get it. When the, the director says, I've been meaning to do a free solo uh, movie for years and years, but every time that I watch my friend climbing, I just picture him falling through the shot and plummeting to yeah. his death. Good shot, though. Great shot. You don't really want it. No. Uh, that's, I, how is that fun? I, I don't know. To have that kind of strength is insane to I me. like a thrill, but that's too much thrill that's a, a bit too much thrill but that's why it's super interesting yeah, no, to me it's compelling because it's the only way you're going to get to see it that's the only time i'm ever going to yeah. be there on a cliffside that far up being able to witness him doing it because and don wall i don't want to write that one off either that one it's on el cabby 10 yeah. as well and it's uh it's a great story uh like i said these climbers are a special breed these are american ninja warriors like on steroids it's it's <laughs> 
Does it feel different to be up there without a rope? It's obviously like much higher consequence. People who know a little bit about climbing, they're like, oh, he's totally safe. And then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out. I've thought about El Cap like for years, and every yeah. year I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. El Cap is the most impressive wall on Earth. It's 3,200 feet of sheer granite. It's the center of the rock climbing universe. Obviously, I get interview questions about it all the time. Oh, would you like to do that? You're like, yes, for sure. So you're a girlfriend now, I heard. It's awesome. <laughs> Pretty much makes life better in every way. It's really hard for me to grasp why he wants this. But if he doesn't do this stuff, he'd regret it. Everybody who has made free soloing a big part of their life is dead now. I haven't been injured in like seven years. I suddenly start getting injured all the time. What if something happens? <laughs> what if I don't see him again? I could just walk away, but it's like, I don't want to. I've always been conflicted about shooting a film about free soloing just because it's so dangerous. It's hard to not imagine your friend falling through the frame to his death. I think when he's free soloing, that's when he feels the most alive, most everything. How can you even think about taking that away from somebody? No mistakes tomorrow. Starting to get kind of psyched. If you're pushing the edge, eventually you find the edge. I can't believe you guys are actually gonna watch. Hey, Jimmy, do you copy? Just started climbing. Crazy craziness, but just their will, and that's you know that's what makes you happy. Follow your heart, follow your dreams. If you want to go, so. you want to do that. I'll insane. watch the movie. Insane. Speaking of insane, yeah, here we go. Number one. What a. Oscar winner, right? It won Best Documentary. And speaking of, we were talking earlier about when you start something and not necessarily figuring out how it's going to end. He he ended up getting Russia thrown out of the Olympics in this one. They had to, they had to, uh, the Olympic rings were their sign. They couldn't have the Russian flag. And it was all because of this movie. Yep. Fantastic. The premise is... uh, We're talking about Icarus, by the way. Oh, I didn't say it, did I? Yeah, Icarus. Uh, He started out just wanting to take... see what it would like. Take steroids and try competing in some races in Europe and yeah. see if it would boost his performance. And he ended up uncovering a Russian-wide national scandal that every single Russian athlete was doping and or colluding in doping. And just the right? political ramifications that came out of it after. like, just It's a story that started, as you say, just so tiny and unfolds as you go through it and you start to kind of get the sense in the early going like if you don't know what it's about going into it which i for the most part didn't mm-hmm. um so we've ruined it for everyone who hasn't seen it now but come on you're yeah. listening to this come on <laughs> uh, um, and, and just the way it slowly unfolds and you start to see the fear on the doctor's face and then bringing him over and hiding like it's just it, and then it builds and builds you're like wow and this is something man and he's such a character yeah, too exactly that helps a lot too and russian russia has a shirt on just <laughs> 
Russia just come from hosting the Olympics, and then when you learned about like their fake room and the fake electrical plugs for passing the urine samples, and and just the intricacy and and how sophisticated it was, really made me trust Russia less. You know, <laughs> I was a big Putin fan before I, I thought, that. <laughs> you know, the memes on the internet of him riding a shirtless shark and uh, other shirtless. stuff. I read a book, uh, A Very Expensive Poison, which is all about the KGB and how they still are Ooh, kind of underground and how they're still poisoning people. You know what Super we dangerous. Do? Top 10 sports books one of these days. Oh, I smell a new episode in the works. <laughs> in the works. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm up for anything. Uh, Andre Agassi's Open would definitely be on I there for me. I that one. Ken I, Dryden's The Game would be there for me. Ooh, the new Tiger Woods book I read is very good as I well. I read that one. Well... We'll do that in another episode. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll play the Icarus uh, trailer for everybody right now to wrap up the number one. I was thinking that it would start, I ask you questions, and you answer yes or no. Were you the mastermind that cheated the Olympics? Yes. Today, the World Anti-Doping Agency suspended Russia's sports drug testing lab. 99% of Russian athletes are guilty of doping. It's worse than we thought. If this is true, it is an unimaginable level of criminality. I was helping to facilitate one of the most elaborate doping ploys in a sport history. This goes all the way back to 1968. Every sport was Putin aware of the existence of the Russian doping system? Yes. We are top-level cheaters. This all can be proved. It's quite mind-blowing. New York Times is breaking tomorrow. Tomorrow? It has the potential of affecting the credibility of all sport. Why would I watch an event that's fixed? Danger? Yes. Oh, I need to escape. Putin will kill me. Holy Two people connected with the Russian doping program are already dead. There never was anti-doping in Russia, ever. Be very careful what was your recording.
Welcome back to the show here on 88.9 CJMQ, The Cube. We have our in-guest studio, one Mr. Zachary Sivanos. How's it going? We're winding down, Zach. I know. We just had Back in the USSR by the Beatles that just played there for those of you keeping score at home. (laughs) a lot of it. Um, We've ran through our lists. Top ten. Are there any omissions in the documentary um, portion that you that you maybe wanted to bring up or anything? No, because I think you mind? did a good. Like you could like this list could have just been the thirty for thirties. Yeah, um, that's I've got my favorites of those for sure. But that's kind of almost too easy. Like that's its own class. This is I really like this list. Your thought the prime time one. I just saw that one yeah. recently with Neon Dion. So when he's telling the story about so when he was with the Yankees and playing Bo Jackson and uh, Bo hit three home runs yeah. and Neon, hit, Neon Dion hit the end of the Parker and all he said was me and Bo Jackson hit four home runs that day. <laughs> and Bo Jackson dislocates his shoulder trying to catch Sanders, jumps over the catcher and I, I played that clip just the other day and it's just primetime was his own special type of guy. Speaking of Bo, that's one of my favorites. Bo knows? The 30 for 30 about Bo Jackson. That's a great one. He was more skilled and more athletic, but less media savvy and less selfish than primetime, I think. Is that fair to say, right? It's fair to say everyone's less selfish than primetime. Yeah. I think Bo Jackson could have used a little load management. (sighs) No kidding, man. (laughs) That's a bit... His body fell apart, but what what is... He was just incredible. And I think, like, I remember the Bono stuff, but I didn't really fully appreciate how much of a, just a force Bo was for a minute there. Yeah, I mean, he was, when I was in elementary school, he was all over t-shirts. Yeah. It was all, he was one of the original athletes of, uh, he, I mean, he's this, even predates Jordan. Before Jordan, he was Nike's, like, spokesperson. Yeah, he kind of invented the, like, Jordan jumped on it, but Bo opened that door. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Bo, Bo knew baseball, Bo knew football. Bo knows. Bo knows. I kind of want to go home and watch that tonight. Another one of my favorites of those is the two Escobars. That one's good. Yeah. The Red Sox one, one night yeah. in October as well. Four nights in October. Is that what it is? I believe it's four, four nights. <laughs> Thank you very much. Are they still making those 30 for 30s? Yeah, they're still cranking them out. But is it like, are they full like hour long editions because yeah. i saw some shorter edition ones no, too where they too, do like but i think they released like probably 10 a year now i saw the rick flair one that's actually, so good really good i saw that about the same time as i saw the andre the giant one and together they changed my respect for wrestling yeah greatly. and flair was great in the andre documentary yeah, he's like exactly. three or four and he knocked he's hilarious just comedic and just super funny and all i'm talking about his ring size yeah. like was andre good with the ladies john daly did you see that one i did not that's an interesting one wow i think i'm i think this has inspired me there i may go. i mean may need to catch up in my 30 for 30s because i didn't even know if they were still making them or not they're still grinding them out but i mean again that 
Would you say they were responsible for the sports doc evolution then if it wasn't for Simmons and Grantland? I think so. And the 30 for 30? I, I, think, I think HBO did a good job, but basically Bill Simmons' whole thing was... Why does HBO, who he now makes docs for, like OJ Made in America mm-hmm. um, and the Andre the Giant one, like his whole thing was, why does HBO have the corner for sports documentaries? We should at ESPN. They decided to go for it, and and I think that really changed the way we talk about sports or talk in sports documentaries. Yeah, and whether it was intentional or not, they stumbled upon something that these stories can be told better in documentary form. Way better. Because you have more time, you've got... And especially with sports, you've got all the media coverage, you've got the interviews. There's so much to grab from. You can just than, yeah. piece together a quilt. I mean, some are better than others. The ones that we've been discussing yeah. today are the elite, the upper echelon. There are some bad ones out there. Here's my thing, though. If it's a behind the scenes of things that I love or even things I don't love, I'm in. I, like, I just like going into a world and learning about how it gets put together in the way that we often don't fully appreciate as fans in any way, shape, or... like. Taryn, my wife, loves the fashion ones, and I'll watch those because it's, it goes behind the scenes, and it's not so different from the sports ones. It's obsessive people trying to get to the top of their game. Um, the Netflix did a series of ones like Seven Days Two, where they just show the lead up to like the Kentucky Derby and stuff. They're all I'm, I'm in on all of them. Yeah, Versace. Did they do one on on Versace and his death? I haven't seen it, but I'm no, just assuming there probably. might there might have been a good one. I don't think there's a death out there that doesn't have at least a podcast about it now. So. Yeah. Speaking of podcasts, can I plug? Do it. I got to plug. Do it. Where can we find you? Where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me where fine podcasts are sold. <laughs> called the Montreal Bias. I still do it regular. No, regularly is the wrong word. Somewhat regularly with Sean O'Neill, who used to also be a co-host of the show with us. Mm-hmm. You, now that you're back in the in the casting space, you got to jump on it with me. Sometimes we'll do some Habs talk. That will happen. Perfect. That Fun. will happen. Because Sean, I mean, I can't rely on that guy anymore. And and this isn't a one-time deal. I want to have you well, back. I'll decide that. Even if you're not physically here in studio with me. This telephone device, I figured out how nice. to work it. Good. I may need your, you probably know how to work it better than I do, and you can it's teach been me. A while. But we can do this third segment of this show, has your name on it whenever you want to you call in. You give me a call, I'm in. Okay, perfect. Well, we got two shows a week. So just for everybody listening, I don't Tuesday, have a lot going on. six to seven, Wednesdays, 11 a.m. to noon, you got two brand new piping hot editions of the show. I know. I love it. One wasn't enough. No, I, I just not. couldn't stay away. This man can't be contained. I People flocking to me like the salmon on the Capistrano, just <laughs> demanding more. We want more show. I'm sure they were. They also were demanding Zachary Sivanos. That I, that I believe. 95% was Carl Hunting following me around in his <laughs> truck. <laughs> Where's Zach? Do you know where he is? Yes, Toronto. <laughs> And with that, shout out to Carl. Love Carl. One of our one of our biggest fans. Once he heard you were coming back, I think he was exuberance. Is the only he way. hasn't called in while we're here. He has. We just have the phone <laughs> okay. off the hook. Well, Zachary, thank you so much. Thanks, Matty. Taking this stroll down memory lane. That's I'd great. like to thank you all for being uh, terrific listeners on our throwback episode today here on 88.9 CJMQ, The Cube. This has been The Show. Mm-hmm.